Welcome, 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 everyone. This is episode four of the Option Menu Crew. And today we're trying to be really on the ball today, or should I say on the box, because we're recording the Saturday after the Xbox Games Showcase. So that's pretty much what we're going to be talking about today. And with us today on the crew, we have Mike. How's it going, everyone? We got Ed. Hey, I'm excited to be here. I'm your usual host, Ryan, along with the rest of the crew, and today we've got our resident Xbox mega fan, Mark, leading the episode. How you doing, Mark? Thanks for having me. You excited? Super fan, mega fan. I'm very excited to talk about some, some Xbox, some Halo, what Microsoft has in store in the future. Let's do this. This is the first episode you're going to be leading, and of course, uh, as we go with different topics, different people will lead, of course. So, Mark, go ahead and take over. I'm along for this ride. Yes. Well, I'm going to pitch a question right back at you, Ryan. Um, overall impressions. That's where I want to kind of start. And, you know, last month we came out of the PlayStation event. Everybody was, I think, on Cloud9, at least, I think, from your standpoint. So, kind of want to, let's reevaluate. Where are you? Do you feel great about Microsoft's Xbox event? Do you feel like Sony still crushed them? What, how, do you, how are you evaluating that, uh, that sort of rivalry there? Without getting too specific it was a mixed bag for me there wasn't a lot of positive stuff but there's still things i was kind of hoping for that didn't happen and there's certain ways they handled the the presentation that i wasn't a fan of i think sony did a slightly better job but also sony did have the big drop of the like the console reveal so that's kind of unfair sure. uh, but yeah it was, it was kind of a mixed bag for me on the on the showcase but i did walk away with a bunch of positive notes as well so i don't want that to be lost absolutely yeah, I think that's a, a good call out right away too. You know, this is kind of Microsoft's second event like this. The first one we we were looking more at the hardware and quote unquote some gameplay, but most of that, of course, I, I think as everybody knows on on the podcast today, a lot of it was cinematics on that first showing. So, and it is a substantial improvement over that one. I w I will say that. Yeah, and and I think that's absolutely okay because this is kind of the the second iteration and they've already said you know we're going to have even more um and that's you know what i'm excited about most uh we're now late july few well maybe a few more than a few months away from from the holiday 2020 launch but yeah as, as far as mike and and ed what did you guys kind of think overall first impressions of of the xbox event i'd say i was initially underwhelmed but I definitely took some time to, to think about it. And uh, there, there are certainly titles in there that are interesting to me. Uh, but mostly I'm just interested to see where Microsoft goes with uh, you know, their services like Game Pass. Uh, there's right. not really anything like that on PlayStation. Uh, you know, even if I do end up with a PS5, I, I might be a little jealous of uh, <laughs> Xbox people. <laughs> hey, well, if you have a PC, you can also join the, the club. Uh, yeah, I saw some games in there that uh, looked exciting to me. There wasn't like a, a lot of games that um, really excited me, but th there were definitely some that, uh, including Halo, that looked pretty awesome, I would say. Well, I'm happy you said Halo, because that segues very nicely into where we're headed next. You know, the big elephant in the room, Halo. I think that stole the show, at least in my opinion. I think a lot of Xbox fans in general, I loved it. It was awesome. Uh, Ryan, what did you kind of think? Because I know you and I have played Halo together. I know you've been playing Halo 3 on the Master Chief Collection on PC a lot lately. 
uh, you know, again, we're recording this a couple of days after the Xbox event. So what did you think as soon as, you know, Master Chief kind of touched down on, on the ring once again and uh, started battling some of the grunts? So the one thing that was sticking out to me the most going into the presentation with Halo, what I was hoping to find out is, okay, where is this in the timeline? Because I know the armor has now kind of gone back to more classic thing. They've obviously done some heavy redesigns with 4 and 5. So I was curious, I'm like, and, and 5 had a cliffhanger of a story ending where I was curious where they were going to take that. So what I was kind of looking at is this, are they going to tell me what the timeline is? And they specifically pointed out it was the campaign, so I wanted to see this. And looking at the tra the trailer as the, or the demonstration I should say as it went on it established it seems this is actually back they're going backwards in time and doing based on extra notes I read from additional articles and follow-ups in the week going past the the initial presentation this is a spiritual reboot so that was really funny to me to to see that they're kind of not continuing the top, the story yet for what happened with the end of halo 5 right uh, especially since to my understanding it was a lackluster response <laughs> fan response to the to the plot for various reasons no need to get into for spoiler reasons so sure. then i saw so then i focused on the gameplay and i was like okay this is halo all right you shoot grunts that's the first thing you shoot got it you're using the the assault yes. rifle or the is it the battle rifle is that the uh first weapon i believe was the assault rifle yeah the, okay. the 48 magazine assault rifle yeah okay. so you do that you shoot grunts right away i was just like okay warthog driving section got it perfect they show they zoom out they show the map they show it's like this big space you've got three yeah. points you're gonna have to hit i'm like okay so it looks like they're the rumors about the open world are kind of true or at least it's going to be much bigger missions so that's neat play through see the grapple hook and as soon as i saw the grapple hook i was just like <laughs> oh someone played doom eternal so <laughs> i started having those comparisons everything else looked very halo to me there were some new visual effects like when the shield generation there was an extra screen effect when that started so that was kind of neat i'm like okay that's that's good extra visual cues not being a real halo fan the overall demonstration looked very halo in my impression but i wasn't very enthused by it and then upon rewatching it i kind of went like this isn't even like a big showpiece or something like what like there's not really a lot of excitement to to glean from this so i was really surprised upon review and, and giving it some more thought i was just like wow this was very much like I, I guess it feels like traditional halo so i i'm more interested from you mark if is this like did it really feel like they're going back to traditional halo did you or did you want a big set piece or something or, or was this the perfect demonstration as a hardcore halo fan that you needed to see yeah and, and just to take a step back to halo well halo in general i would say is probably top three series i'm i'm at my core, Gears of War is, is my favorite, but I think Halo is like number two, number three, right, with usually Splinter Cell, which has been a few years since that series has had a, a revisit. So okay. I'm very excited for Halo as far as where we left things off. So the visuals, awesome. Gameplay looked great. The only thing that I was really, truly missing was the multiplayer. You know, that was something that yeah. kept me playing Halo 5 over and over again. It took me, I think five years to beat the single player i just beat that a couple of weeks back in 2020 so and again we don't need to spend any more time on that but as far as the multiplayer halo 5 was incredible they have already mentioned they are going to show off some multiplayer in the future so you know get the countdown timer set and ready to go uh it's definitely something that i'm, I'm eagerly counting down um, but again visuals look great the grappling gun totally caught me off guard 
Uh, I really like the the weapons that they showcase as well. The new okay. um, the new revolver uh, that looked that looked is that awesome. new? That looked, yes. Okay. Uh, they've never had a revolver like that in you know the Halo series. It's always been well, maybe in Halo Three there was a no. I don't think there was. I think there was something that looked very similar with the with the with the, uh, the loading chamber like that. That barrel loading chamber. Right, and I'm trying to remember the type of those guys, those uh, not the elites, the those other characters that I cannot remember their names of right now. But needless to say, they I, I don't know. It was it was very cool. It was very exciting. Um, I really liked again the 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 revolver, the shotgun. The shotgun actually threw me off. I don't know. That looks so similar to the revolver that I wasn't quite sure if it was an attachment and if the two kind of worked together. So as far as the weapons go, everything looked great. It even looked like there was a DMR assault rifle. Uh, usually that's a single fire that was showcased about three quarters of the way through just after Master Chief jumped out of that little turret and took yeah. down a whole bunch of people. Two more two more points uh, on Halo for me. There's been controversy online that the visuals, at, like people aren't responding well to the visuals. And yeah. I have to say, I disagree with that. I don't know what people are looking for. I've talked with some of my friends and they were saying like the shadow work wasn't as great. I don't know how much that is well like a matter of their the setting and their expectations versus if it's actually bad but i didn't think it looked bad i thought it looked great and it was running at 60 fps so that's what i wanted to see i i don't i don't know what people are looking for i think their people are being way too overly critical on the visuals i was was gonna say i was watching a in an interview um with the developer and he was saying that it was just like it's just early like they're still working on the game like they're seeing improvements each week so like by the time they get to that holiday release it's going to be it's going to look 10 times better and also how much can you see when you're watching it online versus when you're watching it or when you're playing it in 4k on your tv that's what i was going to say is we're watching a compressed youtube stream versus you know something that has a much higher bit rate on your console that's you know that's where the power is coming from opposed to you know a, a lower bit rate youtube video so visually things look stunning i'm not expecting you know even 8k potentially on on youtube it's just i i, I watched a 4k 60 frame stream of it it looked great uh, on on the monitor that I was on. As far as shadows not looking up to par, I don't know. I, I think it's just people trying to nitpicky. But it, you know, if that's the worst part about the, at least the Halo showing is that some of the visuals weren't up to their part. I think that's that's speaking of the gameplay. It looks fun. It looks intriguing. So Ed, I'm kind of curious. Are you much of a first person shooter? Are you intrigued by what I, Halo, Halo has showcased? I've actually never played a Halo game, um, and okay. I'm not much of a shooter fan. Coming out of it, I think if I were, I'd be pretty excited about the gameplay. Yeah. One thing I haven't heard anyone here mention is uh, the idea that the developer says this is the last Halo game they're going to make for a while. And and they were discussing something like a 10-year plan. Uh, that you know that goes into the idea of the graphics improving. I think that ray tracing is going to be an update that will come after release. That's uh, an official announcement, right. yeah. Yep. Yes, it is. Um, and I wonder how Halo fans are going to take to, I don't know if it's going to be a live service game like Destiny, but that's kind of like, is everyone's thinking like, is this going to be Destiny? Probably not, but it does beg the question of uh, how is it going to change over the years and uh, what kind of monetization schemes are they going to pursue? Yeah, and I'm happy you brought that um, up. Maybe because... not. Maybe that's the whole point of Game Pass is these games are living and 
they, they do get to grow more for that low subscription fee, but we can talk about Game Pass later. Yeah, sorry, I uh, I cut you off there. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that you brought that up because that was something that I actually had rumored right before the event in the sense of is, is this new Halo game going to be a game as a service uh, type of long-term commitment? And, you know, open for discussion. I know Ryan, I, Ryan and I were, were chatting about it internally a little bit. From my standpoint, I'm curious to see how the direction that they would take it. I also heard there were going to be potential like upgrades, uh, Halo being a little bit different with an open world. You know, there's there's definitely some new layers being built onto it, but I'm all, let me see what they got in mind. You know, they're, they're the creative team. I'm just the gamer, the passionate gamer that is. So Ryan, what are you, what are you thinking as far as if this game existed with updates for the next five to 10 years? So I can see them supporting the multiplayer exactly as is insinuated right now, because that makes sense. Halo's big thing is it's multiplayer. They usually put in tons of modes. There's the, the stage forge. So a lot of that stuff will probably be supported in the future, and I can see that easily doing that. Adding customization and different elements for new stages and whatnot, I could, uh, or uh, fields or whatever they're called. I can see that totally being their, their service model going forward. That makes sense. Now, understanding that it's like a spiritual reboot and they're going back in time and doing this new conflict. Uh, and, and Mark, just for clarification, is the Banished the Halo Wars faction? Uh, yes, the the Atriox the is Halo, the... Right, but the... So I'm not as in-depth as the full Halo story. I've played Halo Wars very, very briefly, both 1 and 2. Okay. Um, I'm not... I don't follow up to the to the minute with all the books as well. No as problem. Far... Just wanted to check yeah. before it. So, the, so it sounds like if the conflict is in this weird section that's somewhere around like Halo One and Two, and they're exploring this new conflict that's not, it's kind of in a continuation of something from Halo Wars, which is probably a nice little excerpt for fans, especially if they haven't played Halo Wars. I can see now what we were talking about before outside the podcast was the potential that the campaign itself will also be serviced, where they will do expansions to the campaign. And now knowing that this is, they're in a weird place in the timeline, I could now see it now more realistically being a little more episodic. It could totally not be, and I hope it's not, or maybe they do like a nice big full campaign that still leaves with a cliffhanger and then they do a couple expansions. Like I could see that happening now that this this established more clearly where it is but I, I think it's just the multiplayer and that's completely fine that's where a lot the way a lot of games go these days so that makes a lot of sense it's just whether or not the campaign is going to also follow that way i don't think they're going to add stats or anything like destiny i think it's going to be very much straight up halo campaign you get a set of missions you're going to do it maybe you will play as chief maybe you won't play as chief if they're learning from their other things they're just going to do chief well you you have gotten you know skulls and kind of like co-op points and, and stats not necessarily like upgradable attributes um such as the skulls as were like collectibles which is fine right, right. weren't but they difficulty you, modifiers like they in yeah. increased the not difficulty only, not only were they difficulty modifiers but you also had like an arcade score in i believe halo 4 and 5 is when they started doing that where really turned it on yeah you'd actually have like you know you get a double kill and and all the other oh. uh, call outs if you enabled it you know if you wanted the true traditional no frills well, not really no frills but you know the authentic campaign without any of that those added perks uh it was a, a different kind of uh storefront in a way or, or entry point okay and the other point i wanted to make before also as uh, a bit of a criticism i'm really surprised they didn't talk a little bit more about the multiplayer 
I get it right. that they're going to do like a big in-depth reveal later and they're doing this protracted marketing because they can. But I think it, it was a bit of a disservice and a disappointment, especially because multiplayer is such a big part of Halo for them not to be like, we're going to have Slayer, Team Slayer, and we can't wait to unveil our new mode and just name drop it and then let people speculate on what that is. I think they're probably going to put in some sort of Battle Royale-esque type mode, or maybe they'll completely stay away from it and say, like, Halo's not about yeah. Battle Royale, but... Halo, Halo made it pretty clear the only BR they want in their game is the Battle Rifle. So... <laughs> Was it going to be, be BR, DMR, or are we going to have both? Well, they have had both, uh, I believe, in Halo 5. But yeah, you, you also brought up a good point, though. As far as this July 23rd event, do we think that this was in direct response to how the PlayStation 5 show went on, on June? What was it? Late, late June? Mid-June? Uh, do we think that it was a direct response to that? Do we think that this was something that was already planned? I, I can't remember the exact timing on when they launched the, the uh, July 23rd date. They didn't announce the date right away, but they said they were doing another presentation at the very end of the previous presentation. So I believe this was always planned. I don't think the date really changed, maybe a little bit for editing purposes. But if, if anything, my suspicion is more editing to clarify which projects are still on track and which demos are ready yeah. to be shown versus making any major responses to like the style or formatting of playstations i think they may have tightened up some things maybe but from seeing that or from seeing the two now and being able to compare them i don't think microsoft mimicked it too much or i think in some ways i don't know if we're going to get in specific later but i do have some specific criticisms on the presentations format and the way they kind of split things up into a pre-show and main show yeah and and let's get to that in one minute um mike did you have anything else to add i know you're you're an xbox guy as well do you have you know, any any burning desire to get Halo Infinite on, on day one? Yeah, I think it looks pretty sweet. Uh, there's new and familiar weapons that we saw. I think the story looks compelling. And overall, I'm just, I'm excited for the new Halo game. I haven't beaten all the Halo games in the past, but I've played through a fair amount of them. And uh, this one looks to continue the great legacy of the series. Uh, so those are my thoughts. Yeah. They did confirm four-player split-screen for Halo Infinite, so that's something uh, we'll have to plan on as a as a friend group. Yes, in person. In person, so, just because. TV for that. <laughs> I will ha probably have one by then. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's definitely that was the big showcase. Um, in my opinion, I feel like this was the Halo event. Uh, there were certainly a lot of other games, but. The big takeaway from my standpoint was Halo looks awesome. That's just what we wanted. No disappointments necessarily on that front. It was just, I do wish that there was a little bit of multiplayer, maybe even like a 10 second tease could have been, you know, everything that we were looking for, but I am looking for, you know, let's also remember the layout of these presentations are a little bit different than what we're used to. There's no more E3, at least in, in this year. So not only everybody working from home, these, uh, th this approach is a, bit different and and i think a lot of these teams are being um tasked with you know changing very quickly so what i'm trying to say is i think this was was a great showing but i'm still very excited to see what they got coming in the next couple of months so ryan you had mentioned just a second ago a couple of disappointments from the overall show so before we go further on to the games i kind of want to touch on yeah you know overall impressions and and what else from the show that you saw that you weren't necessarily you know much of a fan of so at first I wasn't going to watch the pre-show 
and then I started seeing on Twitter comments coming out about announcements in there. I'm like, oh, I have to now check this out. And I went back, and luckily there was only a couple, but there was a few big games, and then there was an indie montage. Most of it was Jeff Keighley of the Game Awards, which it was that was hosted, the official stream for the official pre-show was hosted on that YouTube channel. So I went back, I skipped through everything. It was mostly influencers and other YouTubers watching that. So I just <laughs> went through and I looked at the announcements and got a little bit of context because most of them were just gushing about, I can't wait to see what Halo was, which is fine. That's This is the Xbox show and it, Halo was the big highlighting point. Well, for other people. For me, however, the real star of the show and the best example of what should be every, the way every game announcement is handled was in the pre-show, and it completely trumped Halo, in my opinion. So, before I get there, I think just the way they did the pre-show and the main show, like, splitting it up, especially with some of the announcements they had, completely threw off the pacing. They spent a little too much time showing trailers that had no gameplay in them. Too many, too many trailers without gameplay in them. And I think this is a a valid criticism. It should always be brought up, and it shouldn't be skated by, well, that's just because it's the industry. Oh, they're going to do another one. Oh, these games are early. Oh, COVID threw it off. Like, these games, some of these games have been in development for a long time, and there's no reason you should be showing off a game before you can't show us gameplay, because you don't just watch the trailer. If you want to just watch something, you'll just watch a YouTube video. There's no reason to not be showing us gameplay trailers at this point in the in the industry, spe- yeah. speaking. So hold off your announcements if you, or just bullet point list and put it out in a press release. There's no point in putting out these teaser trailers. They're just not, I, I personally don't find them exciting. They make me anti-hype unless it, it's a stylized trailer that shows gameplay just cut properly. And I can say like the, the Tell Me Why game is an example of like, I know what Don't Nod's games look and play like. So them just showing me this and giving me this mood teaser, I'm like, I know what I'm in for. So that's fine. Because you have a history of doing it a certain way, and this is going to be one of those games, so I get it. Halo, I think, did pretty good. I think they could have done a little bit more for hyping and teasing, like, the multiplayer, doing, like, a better story tease with, like, a little short trailer that was heavy, heavily edited. Those kind of things, little there, could have improved Halo, or picking a better set piece to show off the campaign. Something exciting, asks a lot of questions, still could have set up the bad guy. Little critiques like that. Yeah. But... Can we you, also... th- you think you're being a little harsh on them to not having... I don't... I mean, the PlayStation thing, there were a lot of trailers there, but I guess you felt the same way that um, trailers without gameplay were not appealing to you. Right, and I th- there was more gameplay trailers, or at least in my opinion, there was more gameplay trailers shown in the Sony's presentation than it was for Xbox. And well, even there though... There were also more games, too, just to be clear. A few, yeah, that's true, but that doesn't matter because Xbox still could have outdone them because there was a couple games in PlayStation that didn't have gameplay, or were super early. Like I, I even pointed out, despite the fact that I was interested in it, uh, Pragmata, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Why are you showing this game?" Like, sure, it was an engine, and I could tell it was an engine, but it's 2022. Why are you even showing this? <laughs> There's no point. Like, right. it's too early. Yeah. So, to give an example of what I basically want every gameplay showing, though Halo was pretty good. They they did pretty good. Like I said, they only needed a few things. I think they could have done to really hype to sell that hype at this point, even though they're going to do more. In the pre-show, the big new game from Square Enix, from former developers of Sega, Balan Wonderworld. That presentation, that reveal, was darn near perfect. The only thing that could have made it absolutely perfect was a specific release date. I think they said it was spring 2021, and 
I get that. But everything else, like they they teased it, they showed art, then they showed in-game gameplay, they explained what the systems were, they had a good trailer that set the mood, a little bit of the story with a nice tease, the characters explained what was going to happen in that game. We had never heard about this before. I'm pretty sure there were no rumors or nothing I was aware of. It's a brand new IP. That is how you reveal a game, especially a brand new game, or even a sequel. Like, that is what you do, that is how you do it, and every other developer and publisher who doesn't market like that should be ashamed. And just get with the program at this point. It's not that hard. If your game isn't at that point to show, don't show your game. And if you don't have enough games to fill it, then you're doing something wrong on, on the industry side. That's how I feel about that. And yeah, that's how I, I felt about the presentation. There's still a bunch of other good points. I'm kind of just leaving out specifics on the good points because they're more specifically the games. And Microsoft did at least have kind of a tighter presentation. It was closer to it. And it's those other parts that really stick out where it's like the information's out there. Just fix it. Just do it the right way. So so one thing that I, I can't keep thinking about is is Ubisoft's presentations. Um, I know they had one recently. They have another one coming up in the future as well as, as does Xbox. Uh, but Ubisoft, I feel like more than any other developer, is known for showing off some gameplay potentially too early. Specifically, Watch Dogs, <laughs> yeah. Rainbow Six Siege, and these games change vastly in, in terms of a graphical standpoint for when they actually come out. So, you know, <laughs> well, how do you... you go ahead? Oh, go ahead. Finish your question. I, I was just going to ask, you know, how do you feel about you know seeing the, this gameplay, and then two years later, it's the game is different, and and you know, you buy a game based on what you saw years back because it's kind of planted the seed, and now, you know, how would you feel if hey, the city doesn't look exactly like this, or the lighting is way different? I know Anthem was another example too. Oh well, sure. Um, no, don't bring Anthem into this conversation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah not not right now. A little bit of a can of worms. That's a good point, and it feeds into what I was saying. You shouldn't be announcing a game two years out. You shouldn't be doing it, even if you have gameplay. If you announced the right. game and had those vertical slices, is usually what happens. And so it's a very small portion of the game. They tighten it up. It's conceptual. That's better than just a CG trailer, in my opinion. But if you're not announcing a game that's only six to nine months out, there's no point. Like, don't do it. Because the game could yeah. still get canceled in that two years. So I think, it's, sorry. That's... Uh, I think it's riskier, but also keep in mind investors and, you know, the underlying business operations that are taking place. You know, it's not so much just how the gamers feel about things and, and the hype associated with it. It's, you know, we need investors putting money in uh, to continue this project. And, you know, if, if there's concerns for doubt, and, you know, the project may be killed before it ever reaches the light of day. That's correct that that happens. I, that's another criticism I have of the industry, that too much it, emphasis is put on investors and what they're trying, what they want, which is just money. And that's where I harken back to what I said previously, is you're doing it wrong. If your budget and your finances and your stockholders are completely focused on this one game, you're doing it wrong. You should have a portfolio of games that are coming out throughout the years of different sizes, that are bringing in money at all times, and then you know that your good game is going to be good, and you've given it the time, and then you announce it, and you've got six to nine months, and you'll see the reaction to that. And of course, a lot of games are sequels. And picking on Ubisoft specifically, they make the right. same they make the same game. They just call it five different things at this point. So that's why it's it's super <laughs> yeah. consistent at this point. Assassin's Creed, Watch Dogs, Far Cry, they're all the same thing except Far Cry's first person. But it's just reskin, so they move the camera also for Far Cry, so you could say they're trying a little <laughs> bit harder, uh, I guess. Yeah, 
depending on well, how you want to interpret that. So I'm, I'm I think I think we're getting a little off topic as far yeah, I'm as I'm just uh... gonna say I think I think you're a little harsh, and I'm think there's a place for the kind of games that Ubisoft makes. I think there's a place for a teaser trailer to get people excited. Um, I don't think it's as cut and dry as you say. And I, I certainly, there have been situations where I saw a teaser trailer or even a, even a logo in the case of Metroid Prime 4. And uh, I was excited and not unhappy to even know that it was years out. Um, so, I think, yeah. I think different strokes for different folks on that, but I certainly can appreciate your point of view. Let me make a, a more specific example getting back on track to Xbox. Everwild. I am very interested... Because the art direction in that teaser trailer, they're showing magic, they're showing crazy animals. I'm very intrigued. I have no idea what that game is, which makes me go, I guess I shouldn't care at this point. Like, ooh, pretty. But I can go watch um, an animated Netflix series if I just want to see pretty art. So, like, give me a reason to want this game. And the reason I've gotten to this point is I'm just... It is my history with the game industry. I've seen this happen before. And it's gone either way. Oftentimes, it's gone negative. Or maybe I'm just remembering the negative things more often because they're so disappointing. But that's that's where it comes from. That's where the perspective comes from, even if I'm sounding a little too harsh. But I am trying to acknowledge the business realities and things like that. I just think you can the business side can work the way it should and still make money. I think there's just a lot of uncertainties, but I'm not going to make any more excuses for the developers themselves. Um, I think we can all agree, you know, Halo stole the show. Uh, The other thing that I wanted to segue into uh, that, in my opinion, I think it was, if not the number one, it would absolutely be the number two most important detail of the entire presentation was the focus on Game Pass. Early on, Phil Spencer came in and, and mentioned and I think this is also going back to why they did a pre versus main event showing is that not everything necessarily in the pre-show I don't believe was in Game Pass, whereas everything in the main event, and I'm sure you guys caught this detail as well, everything was going to be included on Game Pass. And that, in my opinion, again, huge, huge, huge selling point on Next Generation. Uh, they showed off 22 games in that pre- you know, in those 60 minutes, and all of which are going to be available at a low cost, whatever subscription you want on console, on PC, on both, whatever approach you go there. So, Ed, um, I know this is something that, you know, we we chatted about briefly earlier as well. Would you potentially jump ship and and flip over if uh, there were more exclusives or just knowing that you only had to pay five, ten dollars or whatever it may be to, you know, have this full collection available and so many other games? Well, I I think it's an admirable goal to have the library of games available for a low monthly price. Just so from what I saw here, there wasn't a whole lot that I felt was interesting. And I think there are a lot of games that had the potential to be good, but maybe not to be great. Um, and I, I think this is just a symptom of uh, you know a, a generality of this type of service. Is you think about streaming video like Netflix or others. Um, their main goal is to keep you subscribed. Sure. And I don't think to do that, they necessarily need to have the best content. I think they just need to have good enough content to where you do see the value. So um, I don't think it would cause me to jump, jump ship unless they were really consistently putting out great hits. And that, that may be the case in several years. I know that Microsoft acquired a bunch of studios and it takes time to uh, start new projects and they take them to completion. 
Yeah, and, I, and I, I almost feel like when you when you say it's ten bucks a month to play all the games that come out, it becomes a race to the bottom. And yeah. I, I do think there is value in having strong IPs that people are willing to pay for. And I think you're onto something. Um, you know, I, I don't think it should be to any surprise. Grand Theft Auto Five left Game Pass, and then shortly thereafter, Red Dead Redemption Two came into the Game Pass library. So. You know, there's definitely a little bit of that balance. You know, you're not going to have the top 10 selling games on Game Pass at any particular time. Uh, well, that's a dig at Xbox One's first party titles <laughs> <laughs> that come day and date to Game Pass. Un- unintentionally. That, that's what I was getting at, but I didn't want to. I don't get too down on I, Microsoft. I'm being comedic because they, yeah. they are trying, and I, I definitely want to give them, commend them for effort. Yeah, I think they're doing a good thing for the industry. It just, um, I think time will tell as to whether or not they can execute it well enough. I, I've had a Game Pass subscription now for a little bit of time. I had it on and off a couple of years back, but it seems like it's been a great service and occasionally I'll just jump into a new game and I feel like I've been getting a better value from it. Uh, and then like a presentation like this, you know, I have no desire to cancel it anytime soon knowing that all right you know i agree ed i i don't think that there were necessarily out of the 22 games that were on there probably less than five are games that i would potentially even think about playing there were quite a few that just didn't necessarily you know hit the proper boxes on my end um for my own personal belief but again i think they let's be real they they probably had 18 or so games figured out and then it was like hey these are all going to be on game pass let's just only let's make this this Squashing point, everything in the show is going to be on Game Pass. And again, I think that's a huge detail that cannot be missed. And and it's a huge win that anything that you saw from that presentation, you can play. So, Mike, how did you feel? The other thing I find concerning about Game Pass is that, I mean, I think if, if, uh, I think Microsoft would rather have you subscribing to their service than buying their games outright. And you know, as we know, for something like, you know, I'm going to go back to the same analogy, but for something like HBO, you know, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, one one show made the service for many people. And uh, yeah. I, I wonder if there, it gets to the point where Microsoft will say, you can only play this game if you subscribe to Game Cap Pass. And That's I, an interesting... I'm, I'm wary of that direction of the industry moving away towards ownership and towards a subscription model. It'd be and very it difficult, though, for the... But, but I, they'll, they'll drag me kicking and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be very difficult, though, thinking about it from a logistics standpoint. You know, a studio saying you can't buy your game direct, you have to go through a subscription. But, you know, if, if there's exclusive rights and money behind the scenes under the table, whatever it may take, I'm sure anything could happen. To bring up a relevant point to that, technically, digital games you don't own either. You have licensed of course. the software, so we're already kind of giving up that right, even with a straight digital purchase. So the Game Pass service is almost more honest and legitimate and fair as a value, because it's like, especially on PC, where it's essentially one of the few ways you can rent and try a game outside of an official demo, that you can try all these different games for a very affordable price, find out if you really like it, and you can pay more and own the copy to have it perpetually there, so you never have to worry about it leaving the service. Or you have your fun with it, and then it goes away. And it must be stated how impressive it is that Microsoft has so much confidence in its software to be putting its first-party titles on their day and date. And that is 
that's a very positive mark in my opinion yeah absolutely so mike are you a game pass subscriber currently i was up until earlier this month okay does it have enough of your attention that you're going to go back later this year i know some of these games are actually coming out sooner than later one of which we'll get to in just a minute what's your what's yeah. your latest take on it that, that was kind of my question is like I, I know that i want to play the new halo infinite game so maybe once that comes out maybe i'll subscribe for a little bit and uh play through that and play some other check out some other games and they recently switch how that works how game pass works well they've introduced the ultimate tier is is that what you're referring to didn't they used to have like a 12 month subscription and now it's just like you can only or is that just gold uh that that's for, more that about was for gold. gold right now no, they okay. sell three Sorry months and that. one month subscriptions but but interesting you brought it up because i think they are actually directly related even though they're sort of different skew numbers essentially my take on it i believe game pass is going to be the bottom line you know that is your gold plus your subscription but i i think we we save that topic for another day because we have very very scar uh, scarce details right now all that's been said is just 12 month subscriptions from microsoft has been confirmed it's no longer an option um one month three and six i believe are the only available purchases i am really surprised that wasn't addressed somewhere in the presentation because the timing made it seem like oh they're definitely going to drop some more details and considering the focus on the game pass value from all the games in the presentation i was really surprised there wasn't some messaging even in post-release content or interviews or, or press releases i could see that being part of a price conversation you know perhaps maybe it's 15 dollars a month for game pass ultimate and 30 and you get the console you don't have to have to buy the console you could be going down that um pricing route so uh we shall see like you said yeah, and, and why I pay uh, $60 for Halo when I can pay $15 a month and have it for four months and play all these other great games as well. And, and then, I, who knows, maybe I'd keep it. we have to see. That's exactly what they... Exactly. So, <laughs> another game that I thought really stood out, very, very goofy kind of comedic intro, Grounded. They open it up. If you're looking for the most exciting game of the year, you know, more or less by cyberpunk but if you're looking for something a little bit different and unique take a look at grounded grounded is the battle royale open world you know you're the size you're smaller than an and you're you're basically uh honey we shrunk the kids type of uh men or type of world so what did you guys think of that trailer i thought that was very unique and, and in my opinion kind of stood out as as a surprise uh pretty sure it's a survival game not a battle royale game oh i'm sorry yes yeah no problem it was interesting. I think that aesthetic or a, 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 that setting, the shrunken aspect of being these normal people, being super small in the normal world and how that changes your perspective on everything, I find that infinitely fascinating. I would just have preferred it to not be this sandbox survival game. Again, there are, there are certain games that interest me like that, but I really want a strong campaign. And a lot of these games, I just go like, hey, like the co-op's great. I think Borderlands is like the perfect example of how you do a game that's focused on a campaign, but just has drop-in, drop-out multiplayer and adds to the experience perfectly. So I just want to see more of that. And this is, once again, super interesting setting and concept with just a format that's not 
quite what I'm looking for. But it's coming to Game Pass and it's going to be beta, so I'd be willing to give it a try with you guys. So that that's you know that that's the best I can say. Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily something that I'll potentially buy, but as far as the trailer, it, they they caught my eye. It was kind of interesting from my standpoint. So Ed, Mike, did either of you guys have anything else with that trailer? Again, I. In my opinion, it kind of stood out just as a goofy kind of take. Yeah, I don't think that's the type of game they normally make, right? Uh, the I think Xbox is making a lot of types of games that they don't normally make. That's probably the most exciting thing about Game Pass is they're really going for something for everyone, and, and they're, they're trying to get people to branch out. So I think that's right. kind of the theme of the, of the platform in general. But yeah, yeah but... I haven't seen like anything like this from Microsoft before. I think we saw games from 15 different studios, if if I'm not... Nine wrong. of their Nine. 15 Nine internal of studios showed off stuff, not counting okay. third-party partners. Okay, thank you for that clarification. Um, yeah, it looked interesting. I don't know if I would actually play it, but... <laughs> it, <looked different. laughs> it wasn't any Bal in Wonderworld, it but it's... I'd give uh, it a shot. Yeah, I'd give it a try if uh, we had some people. Like, that's one of those things where I'd, I'd jump in and go, yo, you guys want to goof around? We all got Game Pass. Why not just load it up and, and try it for a night? For sure, for sure. So that was one that kind of stood out, but I think the one game that stood out more than anything else from a wasn't expecting this and kind of did a double take, like, you know, wait, what? Was Jack Black, yes, featured in Psychonauts 2. I am a huge, huge, huge Jack Black black fan he's just living breathing positive energy just <laughs> he's he's the best i love tenacious d it's not like i've been to a concert of theirs ever i know i've seen his movies before but my obsession with jack black has just been growing and growing and growing in 2020 he's been putting out these incredible hilarious let's plays playing red dead like he's he's trying to be a gamer he's I'll, I'll be nice. He he could definitely improve his game, especially with the first-person shooters. I'm looking at Doom, especially when he was playing with his son. Uh, but it's just, there's something about him. I love him. So when I saw that he was going to be featured in Psychonauts 2, like, that's not a game I've played before, at, at least the first one. But I, I definitely want to play. One. Yeah, what did you think of the first it. one? I'm, I'm so excited. I mean, I've been excited for Psychonauts 2 for years i mean it was supposed to come out in 2018 then 2020 now it's only the 2021 but yeah i think it'll be worth the wait it, it, it's funny like the most exciting game to me in this presentation was one that i'm probably gonna buy on playstation so um yeah, but there's nothing wrong still with that coming to, it's still coming to ps4 it's like I, they are still bringing to that platform yeah um, but that, that is well, we're all gamers at the end a of the positive day. for microsoft in terms of their acquisitions is double fine is They've done some cool stuff, so um, that that's something that that certainly makes me more interested in what uh, Microsoft Game Studios could produce. Yeah, and it's and it's okay because you're still supporting Microsoft for supporting this game, even if it's on PlayStation. That has to be noted. Like Double Fine is owned by Microsoft now, so it's just awesome that's going to be there. And for me, like I'm buying most of these games on PC, so. If I don't play it through Game Pass, which I will keep an active subscription for, I will then also buy them individually as I'm confident in purchasing them. But yeah, uh, Psychonauts 2 I thought looked amazing. That stage looked fantastic. Jack Black's cameo was neat. I think he's he's a cool dude. Uh, it is still a little cheap with the celebrity plugs, but it kind of works. But <laughs> what I saw in the game was totally totally made me just forget about that because it just looks so great. I haven't played the first one, but I totally want to play the second one, and I probably will try to play the first one before this right before the second one comes out you really should i played it on steam 
Um, and it's it's probably my top 3D platform of all time. I, I love the themes in it. I think the level of design is really creative. And uh, it's just, it's generally funny. And, and I, don't, I don't think there are that many games that really nail the humor and personality the way that uh, Egronauts does. Yeah, it's tough. All right, I think we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. All right, we're back, Mike. Oh, uh, so I, I wanted to mention uh... We're not going to do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I'm going to keep that in. Because <laughs> that was if really funny. Want, I'll do it. I'll do it. They already did it, so just roll into it. Two. All right. Keep going. Keep going. Mike. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, I was going to start off talking about uh, Tetris effects. Uh, so I have Tetris effects for PlayStation 4. So, so for that one, I, I've played it in VR, and it looks really spectacular with all the special effects. And it, like, I I play it for like you know, it feels like fifteen minutes, but it's like an hour or two has gone by, and it's just like I don't know, it's the music and the the effects, the special effects are just so mesmerizing. Uh, so the Tetris effects connected, where like you can play against all your friends, that that seems awesome. Although I probably probably would get like DLC or something for the one on PlayStation. I think it's really awesome that this game is coming to Xbox. And uh, yeah, uh, would do you guys think you would pick up Tetris effects or would you just play it on Game Pass? Well, I'm, 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 I'm kind of upset that uh, I've never played the VR version over at your place. I'm surprised. Oh, it's a recent, recent purchase. Okay, that makes more sense. But yeah, I'm... I'm a big Tetris fan. I feel like it's the most classic, you know, it, it's got such a crazy historical story as, as far as how it even came to the country and, and how it evolved. Um, I would definitely recommend you guys check out the full story. Um, I know Nintendo Life created a story relatively recently, but back to the game. Looks awesome. Multiplayer for Tetris. Super cool. Reminds me very much of, of Nintendo's recent take um, with their online battle royale, you know, put that in air quotes. So that's certainly something Tetris 99 thing. I thought that's what it was called. Thank you. Definitely something I would. It is a battle would... royale. There's no air quotes there. It is a battle royale. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to split hairs right now, but, uh, <laughs> but whether I buy it or, or game pass it, it's definitely going to be downloaded on my console and, and whether it's coming to PC as well, for sure. I was going to say, if someone didn't else didn't bring it up, I was totally going to bring up Tetris effect connected and be like, who's with me because i'm pretty sure it's going to be multiplayer or, or couch co-op or not couch co-op but couch multiplayer as well as online multiplayer and it does look like it's a sort of a combination of and it's probably different modes as well of either versus or also cooperative because as the camera zoomed out towards the end of that trailer like all the maps merge together so you're kind of trying to make giant lines across the board and you're just in charge of your own little section of that whole thing. So that looked pretty fun. Uh, after playing Tetris 99 with, with Mark, when he got it on, on switch online, I started getting back into Tetris and learned a few tricks and stuff. So yeah, if you guys are down to play it, I'm down to play it. And we'll, when things get back to normal and we can actually hang out in person, then obviously we can always rotate on whoever buys it for whatever platform. So I think that'll be pretty easy to get into. For sure. And another thing I wanted to hint on or uh, pose as a question was as far as like VR goes for Xbox, do you think this hints at it or am I just reaching for the stars? Stars. Yeah, I think you're reaching. 
<laughs> I, I think I think um, Microsoft would be even a, afraid to invest in something like that after their experience with the Connect. Just another peripheral. I don't I don't know if they're going to take their uh, their business they in that the, direction. The Hololens too was another thing. That they were the like only time I ever saw one of those in use was when I was at um, the Kennedy Space Center looking into Mars. So I, I don't know if that has <laughs> has been used at all in, in gaming. But it has it has to be mentioned that Microsoft was partnering briefly. I don't know if they still it's still an active partnership. They briefly partnered with Oculus. They put the F Xbox One controllers in the box for Oculus VR support. So I think it's. Unlikely, it's not a big plan right now. I believe Phil Spencer did an interview in the last couple of months where he mentioned that VR is not a focus for them right now because their audience is not asking for VR, which makes sense. But if the Xbox Series X is as powerful as they say it is, that it's likely they could always make a, a big update and allow Oculus or other types of VR headsets to be brought on Xbox for VR-specific titles. Or, since it is their new series branding, they can always do Xbox Series VR, and they can make a dedicated box that's super powerful, plays regular games, but also has like dedicated extra ports for VR headsets, or hopefully VR headsets will also evolve into much more wireless, well-performing varieties. It's a standalone thing, I was just going to say. Sorry. So I think it's unlikely right now, but it's not out of the question. Yeah. Time will tell on that piece as well. So, Ed, did you have anything else to add with Tetris? Oh, I, I was uh, going to chime in, um, but Mike and I, uh, one of our games in our multiplayer rotation is Puyo Puyo Tetris. I'm, I'm a big fan. It's a, really, it's a fun multiplayer game. It's, it's a, good to have a little competition. And uh, I, I, I played as, on, on as many platforms as I could. I mean, Tetris is a classic for a reason. Uh, it's, it's always nice to see them make an effort to update it and put a little twist on the formula. And I think that's what Tetris Effects has done. I do hope there is a quote-unquote classic mode, you know, so that we go back to the the roots of, of Tetris. I My preferred platform still to this day is still the original Nintendo uh, NES. But uh, with the modern UI, graphics, all that sort of upgraded, I'm not going to poo-poo it right now. We'll, we'll see how it looks and feels, you know, as long as it stays to its roots. I will say with uh, Tetris Effects, there is a whole like journey mode that you play through. So it's like you, you go through levels. It's not like it's a, there's a lot of gameplay there. So moving along, I want to propose a question to you guys. Specifically, Ed, I'll ask you first. Something subtle that I saw. Well, before I get into the subtle piece, what color do you usually associate Sony PlayStation with? Blue is the first one that comes to mind. Yes, that is correct. That is that is the correct, correct. answer. That's... <laughs> I used that blue is... on our thumbnail for the last episode, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it generally is green is Xbox, blue is PlayStation. So that is Nintendo. not white, not white. Correct, correct. <laughs> RGB. So, something that actually popped up in the Forza trailer was a car in blue was passed by a car in green at the very <laughs> end of it. And I thought it was subtle, but I personally, you know, maybe conspiracy theory inside of me, I think that was actually Xbox's, you know, subtle way of being like, hey, you know, Xbox is passing PlayStation on the final turn. And uh, time will tell, but, you know, I'm alluding to, of course, the Forza Motorsport trailer. I'm a bit of a racing fan myself. Uh, I know we talked about this a little bit last 
episode with Gran Turismo. Didn't necessarily buy the last edition of Motorsport, just with so many microtransactions and so much other mess happening. Uh, I'm really looking for them to, again, go back to the roots, as I was talking about with Tetris a second ago as well. So they didn't show any gameplay. It was purely in-engine cinematics. Of course, nothing less than what you expected. Looked visually stunning. Let's just wait and see on on exactly how the cars react and, and feel. So do we have any other racing fans? Ryan, are you? I don't think you're much of a racing fan, are you? Arcade racing, Mario Kart, yeah. True, we mentioned of course, before. of course. And I think you're, uh, I have to say this, I think you're interpretation of that green car passing a blue car is a little bit of hopeful thinking just like uh, or wishful thinking just like the the wishful thinking of gameplay in this racing trailer <laughs> yeah Wish, wishful yeah no an gameplay elegant, again an elegant segue there <laughs> technically you know slice and hairs it was an engine but of course it was all cinematics i i don't know I, I can't recall now. I think the, the replay of the cars passing one another, I think that was all sort of like a replay within a previous race kind of approach. So anybody else uh, have anything to share before we move on from Forza? I would just say, um, I believe they said similar to Halo Infinite that this one is, you know, this is the Forza for Xbox Series X and it, it will be supported for a while. And I, I think uh, that this is a series that benefits from that approach. There have been many forces in Forza Horizon, so like, especially with Game Pass, you, you just keep subscribing and play it over the years, and hopefully it keeps getting better and better. Right. Yeah, let me ask you, Mark, uh, how do you feel about this new Forza dropping the number continuity, and isn't the first Forza also called Forza Motorsport, and what are your thoughts and feelings about, you know, the titling where they use an old name as sort of like a, a reboot type situation? I think they're doing something very similar to Halo 5 recently, or oh, sorry, the Halo series recently with Halo Infinite. Um, kind of also reminds me of of everything happening with Gears as well. Gears dropped of War. You know, technically, Gears 5 is Gears 5. They they no longer have... But they kept that. the numbers, so it does... It sticks out true. where it should be in the continuity. True, true, true. Um, but yeah, as far as Forza Motorsport, at first, like, are we still definitive? Is that in concrete? Is it not going to be called... Uh, eight, I, I believe is where they're up to in the series. I, I'm losing track just with how many there, there have been. To be honest, it's not a huge deal as far as name conventions and whatnot. It kind of hurts me a little bit deep down inside. You know, same thing that <laughs> happened with Doom years back with, you know, you have a Doom 2020 versus their original from years back as well. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to gameplay. And that's that's where we'll be at, you know, whether that's uh, a launch title or not. I can't remember the specifics on, on the timing with that. Yeah, I think, I think uh, numbering sequels is kind of out of vogue these days. I mean, there's a lot of games where either they just do a reboot with the same title or they they do a sequel, but it doesn't have a number in it. I don't know. And and even the Xbox, where's the number there? Numbers aren't exactly. cool anymore. I think number, <laughs> I, I, my opinion is numbers are still good and there's different ways to handle it. Depends on the brand and how it works because you can look at multiple different types of games and the and series and the way they handle numbering and my my preference is if you're going to keep doing iterations there's no real reason not to do a number but if you're going to do something like okay we're and this is my interpretation of what's going on here with this new forza 
yeah, they're like, okay, we're going to kind of make this long-lasting platform of the Forza, and, and so we'll probably take inspiration from a bunch of stuff, but we want this to just straight up be Forza, and that's how we want it to be. But it's like, it still could be Forza Infinite, for example, or, <laughs> you know, they, they could do a nice indi- indicative subtitle. It doesn't have to be Infinite, but to sure. say that, to help make people understand, no, 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 this isn't that. Even though there's there's time passed and i get that that's kind of what they do is like well there's tons of new people that have never played the first one so who cares but i'm like i i just feel that it gets a confusing in the long term and it, of course there other once again it's it's there are smarter ways to do it that don't rely on believing your audience is dumb if we if we want to go even a little bit deeper in it in my opinion i honestly think that that alludes to sort of the end of an era because you can't just go back to an eight, a nine, a ten. Like you have this one game that's slightly off different. So are they going to reshift and, and rebrand in the future? Of course, I don't know, you know, it, it's all speculation, but if they call the next Forza Horizon just Forza Horizon, how are you gonna feel about that? That would again drive me a little bit crazy, but I think they've had some, you know, pun intended, some bumps in the road lately with <laughs> uh, at least their motorsport series. Again, going back to the microtransactions and just the online community not being necessarily super positive. And I stopped playing the last game because, you know, every single race, turn one, I was getting driven into the to the barriers. And it's just it's not fun when that continues to happen. And they they erased lobbies that were so fun with, you know, don't need to get into all the specifics, but I'm hoping that again, by renaming it, they're acknowledging that they've messed up in the past and they're going back to their roots. So only time will tell, but definitely have my eyes set on that that's that was another game that was a must buy or must you know download through game pass whatever it may be it's moot point in in my book so moving along shifting gears here let those puns continue Hey-o. the the worst kept secret in my book was this new fable game coming out um not necessarily a huge fan of the fable series never actually played one myself but you know, they, they canned the last one that was in development, um, but then they kind of revitalized or, or the studio came back to life. And, and you may hear my dog in the background, so I apologize. So it's one of those games that I feel like we all sort of saw coming and uh, was was cool to see that at the very end and, uh, and end of the showcase, that is. So I know we're kind of getting to the bottom of our, you know, specific games um but you guys have anything to kind of add to fable did it intrigue you ryan uh is it something that you know is a storyline that you've dove into yourself i'm interested in action rpgs but i haven't delved into the previous fable games mainly because at the time i didn't really own an an xbox at the times when it made sense did was fable 2 360 or original do you remember offhand uh i i don't remember this i know fable i know fable 3 was was uh 360 but yeah, so I didn't really delve into them because they always sound like they had some jank and whatnot. But hopefully oh, they'll yeah. maybe remaster them, bring them to Game Pass, and I'd be willing to download them, give them a try. Fable 1, I know, is lauded by the Xbox fan base. And it's a signature oh, yeah. series, and it's one of the more interesting, iconic series that I think like Xbox... That gives Xbox, as a brand, a lot of flavor that they need. Right. And that's the thing. I think they need to really embrace having these flavorful games... And I think, despite the fact that like Sea of Thieves is kind of there, it's, it's like Sea of Thieves. I don't, I don't really see it making waves in the fan base. If we're gonna keep going with puns, <laughs> let's do it. But I'm interested, and I I just have to repeat like funny trailer, no gameplay, that right. was disappointing. And it's sh- at this point like they should have had something. Well, I don't think we're I think we're years away though from this game actually existing. Which um, once again is kind of a letdown. Like why? 
like you should have been ready especially after they to... sorry no go ahead especially after the huge mess up with the previous fable game that they tried to launch on xbox one that was supposed to be the asymmetrical multiplayer which not a bad concept in general but they just didn't feel confident in what they had it's like as soon as that was done you should have recognized like okay signature series that one didn't work let's go on to the next one let's get this ready oh we're almost done with it but we're getting ready for the next generation console let's move our stuff over here and let's show off something like it just feels like in the background this is just coming together at the very end like they were letting it go and i know there was some inside baseball issues with the fable license and stuff like that but as soon as that was settled it's it's just one of those things where i think microsoft still hasn't fixed their management for development they've bought all these studios so it sounds like they're getting there and we just have to kind of wait for that it's just kind of disappointing that like these big signature titles aren't like kind of being pushed forward but hey happy it got announced in general trailer was funny feels fable so excited to see what does come of it so you're saying that teaser didn't really tell a tale for you so i need to get my pun in frog ate a fairy that was funny <laughs> not all st- tales and happy ending yeah i did like that that very last part there all right so let's keep moving along the next game that i wanted to chat about was the medium uh mike yes. you had well ryan i know you're super excited let's start oh, with yeah, you yeah. um what did you what did you kind of think about that trailer more gameplay was was shown it's great i love the aesthetic i'm I'm digging it i want to know what's going on there i hope it's just not pure horror or uh, pure stealth i hope there's like some way to defend yourself and fight back that's pretty much my main sticking point with with horror games because like i like resident evil where i have a chance to fight back even though it's overwhelming odds rather than pure stealth games where hey if you get caught game over restart checkpoint that's how i feel glad to see more of it just want to release date let me play it yeah and did you get vibes of you know alan wake or quantum quantum break is it a lot of comparisons are going around that it feels like not silent hill which i think makes a lot of sense because of the dual world aspect alan wake definitely uh but remedy is currently working on their expansions for control and it's rumored that there's going to be a direct alan wake connection with the last dlc pack that should hopefully be out in time for the steam release so i'll be able to play control with all its dlc when that drops uh, in at the end of August, I believe, I just looked at my invisible watch on my wrist uh, to check the time. I'm looking forward to that. But yes, the, the horror vibes and stuff like that, it, it does have something of a Alan Wake vibe as, as well. So who knows? Maybe maybe that. But I think it's just pure third-party title, and I think Remedy is like a second party. Uh, did you get the vibe that, you know, when they were showing the split screen of the two different worlds happening at the same time, did you get the vibe that that was actually going to be how the gameplay was going to be shown as if, you know, you were looking at two different screens at the same time? Or was that just trying to showcase the the graphics and, you know, maybe there's a button that you need to press to switch between both worlds? When they first showed it, my interpretation was, oh, cool, they're showing the next gen tech of dual rendering. Then they kept showing some split screen stuff. And I'm like, wait. Is, is Are they going to do segments where I have to split? But I landed on, no, it, it's going to be like Halo Anniversary, where you're probably going to press a button and you're just going to yeah. switch between the two worlds, and that's going to be a gameplay conceit that is they're capable of doing now thanks to next-gen loading technology. So that sounds really impressive, and I'm totally in for that kind of gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. It, it looked very different, and that's kind of what caught me more than anything else. So we'll see what what is in store from the medium all right so the next game on my list that i that i thought was pretty 
interesting was the gunk. And Ed, I know you had a couple thoughts on that. So what did, what did you think? I know the developer is Image and Form. They're behind one of my favorite indie series, which is the SteamWorld Dig series. What's What that series does interesting is it, it kind of lets you transform the environment. In this case, it's a 2D side-scroller, but when you're digging down, you're kind of making your own path, the, uh, the map. So if they can translate that into something interesting, where maybe this gunk, you have choices of how you can form the environment, choices of how you can alter it, um, I could see it being a lot of fun. But that's really what intrigues me, as I've liked their work before. And uh, it, it seems like they have maybe a similar concept in some ways. So I'm, I know, I know that one is an Xbox exclusive. So that that one, I'd, I'd have, well, I'd have to get that the Xbox to be able to play. Right. So you also mentioned the Steam World series. Is that something you did say that that you have played? You're a big fan. Yeah, of? I've played Steam World Dig One and Two. Uh, both of those are really great. And yeah. and Steam World Dig One was great, and the second one was was even better. So uh, they they have also done some other Steam World series. Some of them are like some turn-based strategy RPG. I haven't played those. I think they have a pretty good track record of quality releases. Oh, absolutely. So I have uh, you have some faith. That was that was something that actually caught my eye when I was kind of buying into the Nintendo ecosystem just a couple of years back. It's been it was decades before since I had had a Nintendo console without going into. Too much more detail, but anyway, you know, looking at top-selling games, I always noticed that Steam World was or that series was like right at the very top. So, yeah, you know that what you what you said about that series and how it kind of may translate into the gunk. You know, that only adds, I think, in my book, more authority and like more reason to be interested and excited about a game like that. So, I thought it looked really nice too. Um, it doesn't. It's not a realistic sure. art style, but it seems like whatever they're doing to actually make that substance work in terms of vacuuming it up uh, is, is impressive i agree with that on that it's the art direction looks really good i i really like exploring strange interesting alien worlds so i i was totally intrigued by that and then also the, the, it seemed like a pretty indicative presentation of what the gameplay is going to be like it does seem more linear to me but that could just be the way the trailer shot um but i'm completely fine with that so i'm looking forward to learning more yeah, Steam World uh, games are pretty linear. I I wouldn't say there's you you know you basically dig from top to bottom and go up and the, I I can't say that that I've noticed a lot of non-linearity in their game. So oh, okay, I think you you're probably right that it's 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 going to be in that direction. I misunderstood what you were saying, uh, Mike. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say yeah, visually like this looks a lot different than anything we've seen in SteamWorld Dig before. And I, I like the new mechanics that this game seems to introduce with the mechanical arm that cleans up garbage or gunk. Uh, seems like an interesting puzzle game. And I'm, I would be excited to uh, try this game out, or I am excited to try this game out. Mike, you'll like this analogy. I, I read someone online or, or heard someone online say uh, they called the gunk reverse Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I just wish it wasn't called the gunk. I don't know if it's a bad name. What? That's hilarious. I, no, that's the best name. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it's a good name, but I, I, I kind of worry that that's going to turn some people off. Like it does. I, I, I don't know if you, if you don't know about this game and you're browsing the, 
at the Xbox store and see a game called The Gunk, you're going to be like, oh, that sounds great. Um, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't seem like it's the most marketable name, but, but maybe the SEO is good. I bet you search The Gunk, that's the only thing that comes up. <laughs> no, I think the SEO will probably be the only actual problem. Whereas the name, like, think about it. the Wii, Nintendo called the system The Wii, and look how well that sold. People really don't care about dumb names. If anything, it gets people to talk about it more. But yeah, the SEO actually is probably going to be gonna have to turn on some safe search settings <laughs> or gotta make sure you go the gunk nope the gunk game also is probably a thing i've seen on steam that might have been delisted uh <laughs> i don't know i see i searched the gunk and i top 10 results are all related to the game but maybe that's just because it's recent <laughs> and your personalization oh yeah they know what i like they know you like <laughs> the gunk <laughs> <laughs> all right enough about the gunk um mike did you have any other kind of final thoughts, any call-outs to any specific games that you saw from the presentation? No, I, I mean, the highlight for me was obviously Halo Infinite. Uh, Psychonauts 2 looked good. Uh, Tetris Effects Connected, I'm interested in. And uh, The Gunk. Those were pretty much the games that caught my eye. And there was a lot of other games on there for uh, different types of gamers. And I think yeah, Microsoft is really trying to, like, you know, branch out and... and to different types of games, which is pretty cool, I think. Sure. Yeah, and, and Ed, same question over to you. Uh, I think I already know the answer based on us talking about the gunk. Uh, was there any other call-outs that, uh, that sort of caught your eye? I've never played a game like this before in the series, but the, the new Fantasy Star Online 2 um, looked intriguing. From what I know, it seems like the current release on Windows is not the easiest to get into but I'd be willing to give it a shot if they, they polish it up. It's hard to even say whether it's like an expansion or just a kind of definitive version. I, you know, but uh, I will be interested to hear more about it. I am interested in that because of action RPG stuff, and I've been looking into, I thought maybe Fantasy Star 2, Fantasy Star Online 2 when it came here, because I've heard so much about Fantasy Star Online 1, and it seems like it's much more in line with the kind of stuff that or the kind of online RPG experience I want to play. You go on a mission, uh, kind of drop-in, drop-out co-op. It's only four players. And so I was looking at this, and I saw this gameplay, and I'm like, holy crap, are they making like a new action fantasy star game? And then it turns out it's it's online. So when reviewing and looking for more information, and apparently there's some more information on uh, the Japanese site and some press release stuff, it is going to be a new title, and from what I understand right now, facts could totally change, but the understanding net right now is this is essentially going to be a Realm Reborn Final Fantasy XIV situation. Where they're... That's exactly what I heard. I was, I was just going to bring that up if you didn't. Yeah, so for those who don't understand what that is, Square Enix tried to make a sequel to Final Fantasy XI Online, which was their big MMORPG for Final Fantasy, and they released Final Fantasy XIV online, and it was a very poorly made game. People still played it because of Final Fantasy branding and liking MMOs, etc. But they ended up canning it and creating like a canon end to it, and they essentially took it offline. And then they completely re-overhauled the game and then put it back out as A Realm Reborn, Final Fantasy XIV online, etc. And then it took off and was super popular, and all the people who liked that said it was really good. So for this, it seems like the jank you were alluding to, Ed, is 
going to be fixed. It looks like they're changing stuff from people I, I watched online who are inter who have played Fantasy PSO 2 and have seen the enemies and stuff. They're like, there's stuff in here that is new, completely brand new. It's much more open. The mobility stuff is new. The combat stuff is new. The enemy designs were new. So it looks like that they're just keeping the branding and they're just going for a complete overhaul of it and they'll probably release it as a separate product using next-gen technology and stuff like that. I hope it doesn't really play like an MMO. It looks very action-y, so I, I'd really like to get into it, especially if it's going to be on Game Pass. And just bonus information here, it seems like Microsoft might be involved because for the U.S., it's going to be on Xbox One, uh, Xbox Maybe it might be on Xbox One, but Xbox Series X and through PC Windows Store, whereas the Japanese page shows it's going to be on PlayStation 4 in Japan and on Switch via streaming capability. So that's the current information we have right now as we understand it. Uh, so yeah, I definitely am going to be looking out to see if that'd be good because I'm always looking for new action RPG co-op stuff and you know I'd play it with you guys and give it a shot. Hey, if it's on Game Pass... Yeah, it sounds like I just might be pressured into getting a Xbox. Heck yeah. Got to play with everyone. Does anyone else have any games to uh, comment on? Because I, I might continue with, my, with, uh, with that. I did have... Well, I uh, actually propose that question back to you. I think we were all square, but uh, Ed, while, while I got you, what was the number one game that kind of stood out to you? Going back to the PlayStation event, you know, this... This Xbox presentation was certainly kind of that direct comparison to PlayStation, but was there any, like, what was that one game that you felt really drove the show for that PlayStation event? For me in the PlayStation event, it would have to be the new Ratchet and Clank game. Yeah. I think it, it really looked like it, it is taking advantage of the power and unique features of the PlayStation 5. I don't know if I've ever played a Ratchet and Clank game where I didn't have fun with it. So uh, that, 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 probably the one that gets me to buy a playstation 5 okay same question mike over to you i would say probably uh, the spider-man miles morales just coming from the last one beating that recently and kind of hyped for the new one so that that would be for me cool thank you and then lastly last but not least ryan what uh what was the one call out from that show that uh, you felt like was bigger than anything else from the PlayStation event. Exactly. Uh, yeah, you already brought up Spider-Man. I'm super hyped for Horizon, but I didn't really see much of a tease for that. So uh, the biggest surprise for me was definitely the Kana game. I forget what the subtitle was, but that new one with the the little black creatures and the girl who was using magic with the staff that could turn into a bow. That one was probably the one that stuck out to me the most. Is like I can't wait to to play that. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, and for me, I think Gran Turismo looks super cool. I think Ratchet also is probably right up there with me as well. Uh, but ultimately, you know, where I'm going with this is, you know, from my standpoint, I think the amount of attention that Halo has, I think competing directly with those three or four titles that we just gave, I think overall Xbox is in a really good position. Um, I think it has a lot of eyes on it. So I know, you know, without going too deep into controversy, controversy with all the likes and and uh dislikes on youtube i i think the the event overall went very well from from an xbox standpoint so looking into the future that's kind of where we're headed next what everyone is kind of looking for in this next event and and mike i'll kind of throw this over your way 
Uh, is there one piece of, of hardware, software, anything else that you're kind of looking for that, that maybe you haven't seen yet from the two events that we've seen so far? Uh, yes, uh, I'm, I want to see a new Banjo, Banjo 3. And also, uh, I think it would be cool if they announced uh, Cuphead 2. I don't, I don't think that's been announced yet. So those would be the two for me. So all games to... focused? Pardon? Uh, big focus on all the games then? Yeah. For, and also, I, I did have a question about, it seems like Microsoft kind of backpedaled on the fact that there wouldn't be exclusives on the Xbox in the next two years. Uh, have you heard anything about that? Yeah, yeah I, I did. I uh, saw that, and you know, other people online noticed this as well. Some of the trailer reveals did not have the Xbox One logo at the end. They only had Series X and PC. Uh, so, you know, the only two conclusions to that are really that they're more than one or two years out, or that Xbox is maybe a little more open to having console exclusives. So that would be a little disappointing if I were someone who had uh, an Xbox One and wasn't that keen to upgrade. Yeah, that's, that's, and again, I'm glad that you brought that up, Mike, because I, I haven't dove into all the nitty gritty details, but I had read that just last week, they, they said that, you know, there's not going to be these exclusives. And just as Ed was mentioning too, it, it might be a little bit of time before Forza, Forza Motorsport that is, comes out on the current generation that we're on right now. So I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate in a position right now that I could likely get the next generation if and when they are out but i thought the promise currently was that within the just within the first year microsoft was promising that there weren't going to be exclusives for xbox series x so i don't know if that statement if that's the statement they're backpedaling on and now there could be something within the first 12 months let's say from release however the other wrinkle which we didn't get details on but i'm sure is, is forthcoming at some point is also with xCloud. So some of these games could be shifting to more Series X level development, but if xCloud still gets supported on Xbox One hardware and they just provide access via that, then that still kind of fulfills their promise as well. You just have to have the xCloud, uh, which is going to be part of Game Pass Ultimate um, or Xbox Live Game Pass Ultimate. How I forget the exact thing. So there, there's a way that they could still come around on that at the same time, progress is inevitable. The new hardware is going to play old games and new games better. So people will just upgrade when it feels like it, and it just creates a, a reason and a validation for it. Plus, there's all the backwards compatibility. So I think people, the customers will still be served, even if they do backpedal on their their uh, promise, I guess, for no exclusives that first 12 months. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of gray area in that, uh, especially with xCloud, because technically you in a way you could play Xbox Series X games on any potential platform or sorry, any potential device. Um, play it on a phone. You own a phone, uh, right? Exactly Ex though. Uh, you know, I, I I think a lot of the uh a lot of the true diehards, I guess. I you know, and I, I think that the communities right now are still split and a little you know, we're not so defined in, in the direction that we're going necessarily. You know, cloud is definitely the future from what it seems, but for one personally without spending too much time, I'm not super crazy about it. I also have a PC game or a gaming PC, a Switch, an Xbox. So I'm, I'm fortunate on that front that I can you know, play on the device of my choosing. One of the two, stay on that question though, for just another minute, Ryan, what, what are you looking for from the next Xbox event? Is it like Mike was saying a minute ago, more game focus? Is it anything hardware, UI, anything else? 
Hardware-wise, I was thinking about that because I was trying to think what else they could do for the hardware. I, I, I've stated before, I want to try that controller. I'm a little right. disappointed they didn't put back bumpers on that and just standardize it. I know with the Elite controllers, that's a big selling point. And I'm not asking for like a customization on it or even like that I need four back bumpers. Just even two extra buttons, just those under bumpers on there would be nice. The D-pad is what really interests me. But I, I'd like to try it just because the Xbox controllers are the most natively compatible with Windows on PC, especially with the Xbox app. It just doesn't recognize other controllers at this time, which hopefully they'll adjust that a little bit. But regardless, the Xbox One controllers are still really good, and I hope the I feel even better about the, the Series X controllers. So hardware-wise, yeah, that'd be cool if there was some other stuff there. I'm really curious what else they'll do with the Series branding. I was actually speculating in, in uh, what they could possibly do, and I think I want to save that for a different conversation on what other types of boxes they might put out. And we we have speculated or we're we're aware of the rumors that there's the their own new digital edition, the quote unquote potential series S. And I think we talked offline a little bit about possibly will Microsoft reinvest in VR. And so they could do a series VR box that's more tailored to supporting uh, headsets. And we could see something like that. So so an instance like that, other than just obviously I want to see the price and the release date just because want that information out there to speculate on and compare. So we stop <laughs> worrying about or thinking about that, and it's just there to talk about. But most of my stuff is uh, software-related. Or, or Game Pass is obviously a great deal. I hope they keep that going. Sure. I wonder if they'll expand it or if they'll have more details about xCloud. But yeah, with games, I kind of echoed a lot of what Mike was saying. Uh, that I would love to see a new Banjo. I think that should become a, a signature title for them, and they should embrace that, especially have some more family-friendly games that are part of the Xbox name. They haven't said anything about the new Battletoads yet, and I really want there to be information for that because that could be a nice, fun little party beat-em-up. The Cuphead DLC has gone dark. Maybe it's become Cuphead 2, or maybe they're just taking more time to make it a really big expansion. Who knows? And then there was also the rumors about WB Games being up for sale, which would include NetherRealm Studios, the makers of Mortal Kombat. I want to see Microsoft and Xbox continue to bring more Killer Instinct content, so I'm hoping that what yeah. they're doing is they're just completely migrating Killer Instinct over, plus introducing new characters and modes and refining everything on an, with uh, upgrades to the engine and whatnot in the Series X power, so I hope that. But if the rumors end up being true, or if anything happens and Microsoft ends up acquiring some of the stuff from WB Games, if... They get NetherRealm Studios, Killer Instinct, and Mortal Kombat mesh really well aesthetically. Yeah. And there being like some sort of crossover game, not necessarily like uh, merging it f going forward, but like a Marvel vs. Capcom style, like Killer Instinct versus Mortal Kombat, that could be really cool and that could get a lot of people talking. Yeah, I would be so ecstatic if that's what happened. And Phil Spencer, he did say, and, and I meant to bring this up earlier when we were talking about the 15 different studios, he did make it very clear that, you know, Microsoft has, or Xbox, I should say, they're, they are not currently done with, um, with acquisitions. So, you know, it was around the same timing that it was, it was being mentioned in the, in the news that AT&T was looking to sell WB, but we'll see. I, I think that would be, that would change the gaming industry for quite some time. I, I think we're looking decades out, things would happen. So that would be. That would be massive, at least in my opinion. Yeah, so, as I say, with regards to all the acquisitions, I think Sony and Nintendo better get worried. I mean, if Microsoft buys up all the studios, who's going to be left to make their games? <laughs> I mean, Sony bought an Insomniac last year, and 
I don't know if they were feeling the pressure from Microsoft writing out all those checks, but uh, if right, I may have, that could cause a big change in the gaming industry. Just all that consolidation. On that point, if I if I might have just a, a short tangent, I was thinking about the different studios and things like that, and this drastic difference in style between Japanese games and, and Western games. And I am a very big fan of, of Japanese games. I just think there's a specific way that they look and feel that is really appealing to me. Uh, and that's that's one of the stark things that, it, that Xbox has kind of struggled with. They've tried to break into the Japanese market, which, granted, it's not the biggest market, but it's kind of important. It has a lot of gaming historical context, and that's where Sony and Nintendo are from. So the Western studios they've acquired so far, I feel like they haven't, and I, I just don't understand why I'm not seeing a lot of Western-style games that try to mimic some of what we see coming out of Japan. Not necessarily that they have to, and, of course, the indie scene does take inspiration because we pretty much all grew up on... The industry grew up on Japanese games. But I think so, Nintendo is going to be fine because they always do their own weird thing that just puts them in a weird, uh, a different situation. And Sony's just got their first-party title creation thing, like Unlock, as far as uh, I'm concerned. So I think we just need to see Microsoft kind of take some risks and get some more focused and that's where i see some of the other games like they like obsidian they've got grounded and grounded's like the new thing they're making they're also making avowed which is basically a skyrim looking game so of course you're going to hit that note uh and i hope that's a lot of fun for for people who want to who want to play that but yeah i do feel like they just they kind of need to branch out and, and get a little crazy and everything feels just either by the numbers and 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 too safe or or like follow the leader like Luckily, Microsoft hasn't announced their own Battle Royale, which hopefully isn't going to be like Fortnite. They're just kind of embracing other third-party studios, which I think is the, the smarter play. But yeah, it, it's just curious. I think they'll probably buy Fortnite. Oh, <laughs> Epic. I think Epic's got more money, almost more money than yeah. Microsoft at this point. Yeah, well, not the company, but maybe the next box. The <laughs> only thing um, uh, that I would be looking for in the next Xbox event, I mean, I'm excited to see what more games they're going to announce, but really for me, it's about the hardware. I want to know what SKUs they're going to have, what the price is going to be. I mean, I know it's rumored that people say that even a Series X is going to be affordable, but if they have a Series S, if they hit like, you know, a $200 price point for something that you know can still play the games, maybe it's not 4K60, but even 1080, 60 would be fine for me. But but 200 is really that's pretty much within impulse buying range for me. So I yeah I could definitely see myself getting that just to play the game past games, um, especially if you know you guys or other people I know are into trying all the multiplayer options that come out because Microsoft really knows how to do those online games at least compared to the the competition don't, they seem to be leading in that. Realm. Don't forget about those uh, proprietary uh, SSD hard drives that you'll have to buy. I know well. they're probably going to make the S. It's going to have like a 256 <laughs> gigabyte hard drive, store like two games on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they haven't denied that you can't use external storage from what I've gathered. They did. They did. Yeah, yeah, you have to buy the Seagate specially made for Xbox series. If I'm remembering okay. correctly, because I'm, I might We're be messing up. USB? Yeah, that's, yeah, I was getting to that, because I might be messing up with PlayStation as well. I forget which information. So I'll just state it as is, and we can fact check later. So audience, I may be super wrong on this, but I know I've heard this detail. I just can't remember if it's PlayStation and Xbox or one or the other. Well, I can defend Play, uh, it. Oh, okay. It is, so, in it is, in fact, an expandable 
proprietary memory card for uh, Xbox Series X. There's actually a, a uh, I think Seagate even has a page up kind of teasing what it's going to be. They don't have a price up. And then the approach that PlayStation is taking is they're allowing you to use whatever bus that they use. I don't know if it's PCI Express or I don't know, but they are going to be certifying drives saying, you know, this has the performance to work with the PS5, but you will have more options for PlayStation than you will with Xbox. So in theory, that will make it less expensive to expand for PlayStation. Yes, most of that I, I is... I just hope it's not like a, a Vita situation where you have these proprietary memory cards. And But I, I think Xbox is probably smart enough to maybe not... I think they know what people are willing to pay. And, and they know that that's a decision that can really limit the, the appeal of a, of a console. Yes, most of that is exactly what I heard as well. So just to quickly clarify where I was going was... Yes, Microsoft's Series X will require a proprietary expansion. They have a dedicated port on there that will use some, something similar to what's inside. And that and Seagate, they are partnered with to, to make those memory cards. They're currently one terabyte size guaranteed. I'm pretty sure it's guaranteed for expansion. So that's, that's how that works. And then PlayStation will have its own built-in one. And then you're allowed to put in third-party ones in an expansion drive as long as it it le- matches the minimum speed requirement, and they're going to release a list of compatible things at the time of release, and that list will obviously grow over time. The thing I, I was getting at that I can't remember who sa- who it was for or if it was for both was that you can plug in external hard drives of regular disk of regular disks or solid states that are mm-hmm. lower speed than the internal, but you can only use them for backwards compatible games, such as... So I'm pretty sure it's Xbox One, or maybe it might have been for PS4 as well. Like, yeah, you can only run your PS4 and Xbox One titles on the new consoles through those older hard drives. You wouldn't be able to download new ones. You have to do it on the the newer tech to support the newer generation of games. That's where I was kind of confused. But everything else Ed said was what I'd heard as well. Yeah, that's interesting, especially current generation. I bought, I think, a terabyte or maybe... Yeah, I think it was a terabyte external storage pretty inexpensive plugged it in and and the games do load faster you know a lot of the community has done sort of internal research and and speed testing and determined that yeah installing your games like halo 5 and others onto an external device will actually load them quicker than the internal storage which has believe me puzzled me from the dawn of time but it is what it is as far as the real world outcome so you know maybe they figured it out and and you know, have have the M.2 or SSD storage that is directly connected to the motherboard and things are a lot quicker. Yeah, the new solid state drives have incredibly high read speeds. And we talked about this when, it, when we were talking about like PC building and the, the different types of hard drives. You can even see on PC gaming, having a solid state drive improves loading times on current gen games. The only thing that's now really different is since the consoles have a dedicated modern solid state drive, the games can now be properly optimized and built to take advantage of that. And I forget, if, once again, if it was Microsoft or PlayStation that said, like, they're specifically building games in order. I know PlayStation's marketed it a lot, but I forget if Xbox said something similar. Where being able to run stuff from the solid-state drive just reads so much faster, and they can achieve loading speeds for assets in-game, in real-time, way better and they're using that as kind of like virtual memory instead of just like relying right. on the the video ram they can use hard drive for ram storage as well or i'm probably messing that up in, in the exact language but that's what i was taking away from it is that uh, they can use the hard drives now as well 
as additional memory for games to help with loading and performance. We will see. I I, I can't really weigh in too much more there, um, but I do want to go back to something that we were talking about, just kind of the future. Uh, I didn't get to necessarily weigh in there, but I know you guys were kind of looking more for games and, and how things are going to operate. Uh, Ed, you were also throwing out a price point potentially of $200. That would be completely shocking. Um, I think we're going to be looking at prices more than double that. But again, only time will tell. I don't think that Microsoft is, you know, they, they don't necessarily need to throw a price out quite yet, uh, especially since the holiday 2020 is still not a definitive necessarily window. You know, we need a more solid date, uh, which I think will come eventually. But something, you know, besides the controllers, the the accessories like the headsets, you know, are we getting a stock headset? How is that going to work? They've really been expanding in the current generation. So to see something with a little bit more quality would be exciting. But I'm most interested about the UI and, and how the software really works, not in terms of the gaming software, but the the dashboard. Um, that was something that they rocked it in, in Xbox 360. And then Xbox One, it's always been sluggish and glitchy. They've had so many iterations, and I think they all, all the platforms sort of do, with the only exception being PC is exactly what you want to make of it. But I want to see how that UI is going to be. It needs to be super fast and and just also knock it out of the park. So, uh, Ryan, are you kind of in the same ballpark? Do you feel like, you know, the UI on the Xbox One has kind of been a little sluggish in, in years prior? Absolutely. And they've been trying to fix it, to my understanding. I haven't actually been using an Xbox for a long time. So... The, from what I remember and from some of the few experiences I've seen, I think being over hanging out with you and seeing how the Xbox dashboard works at the current time, it's it's just definitely not optimized. And Microsoft had a weird identity issue where they were focusing too much on non-gaming, but they're yeah. trying to straddle this weird line between, well, we've got to try and sell you on everything, so we have to show you your games tab second. And it's like, well, guys, just like... I hope they learn from fan feedback and go more towards the Switch type of dashboard where it's like, hey, your games front and center, and then we'll have we have some ads in the corner. Right. And I thought I thought Larry Herb posted on Twitter like a preview of the new X the Series X dashboard, or was I mistaken? I may have missed that. I do follow him pretty closely, but yeah, that's something that I may have missed myself. But you know, you brought up a good point though about you know the identity crisis. Yeah, yeah. You're right, though. They they were really focused in on, you know, incorporating the HDMI in from your your cable box and being able to watch TV and, and that whole media sort of play. And about halfway through the life cycle, it just kind of got killed in a way. They, they got rid of the picture-in-picture picture thing, which was something that I loved doing. Like, I was playing a game while I, I had an NHL game in the corner of the screen, and they just, they eliminated that, you know, years into the, the life cycle. And that, in my book, that was, that was a huge loss. So if they... If they don't bring picture in picture back, I would be upset. You know, it's not going to be a game breaker because I'm still got, kind of going back and forth on the fence as far as, you know, when am I going to get one if I do? Also being, you know, PC gamer myself. So again, another one of those details we will see. Um, I would be upset, though, if we didn't have picture in picture at the very least. Well, there's a couple of workarounds for that feature because I'm sure they would have kept supporting it if people were actively using it. At the same time, it was a memory sure. issue for the Xbox One of the current generation, that that issue with with uh, available memory, so that obviously was part of it. The new systems they're they're touting that you're going to be able to 
pause and resume multiple games so you'll be able to have multiple right. games not sure how many but you'll be able to like save your state kind of like how currently today we can at least if we're in the middle of a game and we need to run and leave the house for maybe an hour or two or at least an extended period of time you can just completely uh, kind of key see put the computer put the system to sleep the game is automatically saving the state and holds it and then you just come back and you just auto resume that one and now we'll be able to have that for multiple games at once with the memory there so it seems like you'd be able to easily do picture in picture the other time if you really wanted to watch something on the side you can have a phone a tablet a laptop etc on the side so it's almost like a weird complaint that you're like no i want a, a second screen on the one screen i'm looking at you know it's kind of a weird <laughs> it's like right. a weird complaint it's, it's a first world problem <laughs> sure and and you're right would i rather be able to flip and flop around three or four different games or be able to watch you know some hockey games while i'm also playing games that you, you're right so any other kind of final thoughts where i, where I kind of wanted to end things was you know, did this event change anybody's opinion? Ed, I know you specifically were kind of saying, you know, the Game Pass and, and just the featured game list has kind of been more intriguing to you as more of a PlayStation fan yourself. Did you have anything else to add on that? And and then I'll open it up for Mike and Ryan as well. You know, it just all comes down to what the entry point is to me. I don't, I, I guess I, I don't really feel the need to get a PlayStation 5 because I, I know the library is going to be pretty limited for the worst first year or two, but I don't actually have an Xbox One. Uh, so if I were able to get Series X and have, or Series S, whatever the option is, and have a Game Pass and be able to play a lot of those past games that are backwards compatible, even back to the Xbox, you know, they might not all be Game Pass, but I could certainly download them. That would be appealing to me, and it would, you know, might even save me some money. Maybe there's a lot of games like Game Pass that I would buy on PlayStation 4, but I wouldn't have to with Game Pass. And uh, other people I know, you guys are on Xbox and wanting to play multiplayer games, that would give me more options, because... Uh, you know, we can only play Mario Kart so many times, which, well, you can play it on limited times, but, but sometimes you need a break. And Mike, what are you oh. what are you thinking? As far as the whole presentation goes, I thought, well, one other thing that I wanted to mention is, can we get rid of that, uh, the thing they say in front of before each game starts? Xbox launch exclusive. Oh. World, World premiere. premiere. Now we know who is paying attention. Yeah, no, I know. I, I failed the test. <laughs> no, but I don't want it to. Gonna... I don't want it to go away. <laughs> well, they can say it once. They don't have to say it like in front of every single game. I don't. They know don't. They only say it in front of the ones that are world premieres. Yeah, I think they were just trying to drive that point across. You know, these are the first time these things are being showcased on on the stage like that. So. It was, I think, from a marketing and media perspective, I think that that was more for them than say, you know, hey, you know, we would have been watching this regardless. And okay, we get it. There's another world premiere. It's it was it was goofy by world by halfway premiere. through. You yeah. gotta use the voice. <laughs> I don't know. I, for my YouTube videos, should I say world premiere? So like you should. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna start calling you Mike the world premiere. I forgot your last name. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I don't have to say your last name though. So, <laughs> world premiere, Mike. That's what we're gonna be. No, but but they out. had. I think they had a, a decent showing. Like they, they plan on doing these. I think pretty much monthly, right? 
they plan on us to take that I got at least is that they're because they did one last month, right? I think they did make a statement where they said they're going to try and do one monthly. Yeah, so uh, I thought it was a good showing for what it was, and I didn't think that it was. I didn't think that it wasn't planned. Like I don't think they were like, "Oh, Sony did this, so now we have to do this." I think they always had a plan to show off more games and stuff like that. So yeah, I thought it was a good showing. Great. How about you, Ryan? Uh, any other final thoughts? Game-wise, the show itself, uh, did it kind of change your opinion at all with regard to you know determining whether you're going to buy a PlayStation or the next-gen Xbox? No, my opinion pretty much still stays, stays the same. I They bring all their games to PC. I have a good gaming PC. I have bought into Games Pass on PC, so you know they're getting my money that way, and I will purchase individual titles of Microsoft Studios as they go. So they'll they'll get my support in that way. I've I've promised to buy a controller from them and maybe the Elite Series 3 will be the one when that's got the the Series X improvements and stuff like that. Uh so Microsoft could get my money that way. There there are some other thoughts I have about the direction they could go with in hardware that might be able to get me to invest more and I could uh, be swayed. I want to say that for a different conversation, it might be a different topic, but the long and short of it is they could make a series hardware that's more like a PC, and so I buy the Xbox uh, Series PC as my as my new hardware, or maybe they should just become a graphics card manufacturer, and then I'm buying the Xbox graphics card to put in my PC, and there you go. So there, there's things like that I'd, lo- I'd love to speculate on. Um, yeah. And I, I'm down for them making more great games through their studios through making games game pass a more incredible service and i'll look into xcloud i'm not really convinced on streaming but i think streaming tech could still provide some useful services and i think that's worth discussing as well so i'm optimistic for xbox even if i'm not buying the console yeah i I forgot to mention uh i probably won't be upgrading for the next two years at least because i already have an xbox so i can play all those great games that are coming out yeah i'm also in a similar boat i i haven't decided on when again uh, i think i've actually said that maybe a couple of times but i'm i'm all ears i think the biggest determining factor for me is going to be that price point if if we're looking at 600 dollars, it's it's going to be tough to do right away but you know if if there's a, a minier version or, or a downgraded version digital only you know there's so many other options um it could be potentially more tempting so time will tell on on exactly how many SKUs there are at launch and exactly what the lineup is in terms of games so anyone else have any other final thoughts i just want to say i I don't know if we can promise we'll do a podcast episode dedicated to each of the presentations i think it'll really determine be determined based on the content of those presentations We'll clearly talk about whatever news comes out in future topics as it relates to them, but I just wanted to put that out there for our audience that uh, you shouldn't expect any more, too many dedicated ones unless it it's like a, a huge bombshell and there there's a lot to talk about. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm interested to hear more. This has just been a really exciting year. It's always fun to have a new year when new consoles are coming out. Exciting time to be yeah. gaming only happens every once every like 10 years so (laughs) (laughs) excited all right i think that pretty much wraps up our 
reaction to the Xbox showing. Generally, I think everybody's excited to get a little bit more from Halo, get a little bit more game insight in the coming months. But all, overall, I think good things. Definitely an upgrade from the original event, I guess, depending on who you want to ask on, on today's lineup. So without further ado, thank you guys for joining and uh, talking opinions. And, and we'll leave it there. We'll see yeah. you on our next world premiere. <laughs> world premiere. Yeah, hopefully uh, Halo's uh, multiplayer presentation will actually outshine Bal and Wonderworld. Um, I'm really, I'm really hoping for that. But uh, you know, game of the year, 2021 already. So it's um, it's a, it's a, t it's an uphill battle for Halo Infinite. <laughs> <laughs> you won't let it go. They, not until I, I've played the game and it proves me wrong. <laughs> but anyways, uh, all in good, all in good humor. Thank you so much, Mark, for for guiding this episode and being with us on the Option Menu Crew. Thank you, Ed and Mike, as well. Great to have you guys on here. Another great episode. And to our audience, thanks for joining us today. We hope you had some fun. And we will talk to you later. Thank you. Thanks. And we're done. I'm going to stop recording. Bye.